Hi, I'm Pastor Nick with Grace Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us in our online service. If you're interested, we also offer in-person service every Sunday morning at 1030. We have Wednesday night activities for youth, kids, and college age every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And there's food there. So, now, let's see what the pastor has to say. Uh, if you don't understand what it means to have Jesus in your heart, it means your heart's probably not been changed because it's still yours. Uh, that's the message that we've seen in the book of Acts, how the believers in Jerusalem gave their hearts to God, yielded their lives to him completely. And in order for us to do that, the first thing that we have to give is our heart. And that's the hardest thing for me to want to give up. Uh, and that's what Bill just shared, David was just sharing with us just a second. We recognize how much he cares for us. We recognize how much he loves us. That's the message I'm looking I'm looking for John. Uh, he's out there someplace, I think. There he is, all right. Uh, and, and, and Amber, I know you're out there. There, I see you over there. That's the testimony they just shared with us this morning. And we've had others that have done that. And there's probably many of you who are in this room today who have done it from the same place that these folks up here did it today. An opportunity for us to tell the world that Jesus Christ is Lord of our lives and he rules our hearts. Because when that is the case, everything else has changed. We no longer see people through our eyes. We are called to see the world through Christ's eyes. And we are to have the heart that is his. That's what we were talking about, and I'm going to encourage you. We heard this this morning in Rodney's Sunday School class, and many of the others of you heard the same message, that we are called to forgive for one reason, I think, primarily one reason and one, one reason alone. And that is because the grace of God has been poured out on us. And we experience that. And that woman uh, that was brought before Jesus uh, to have him judge her, instead of, that's the beautiful thing about this relationship we have in Christ. It's not about what we've done wrong, but there's one thing in our lives that we can do right, and that is to trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we've done that. That's what Jesus told her. He said, go and sin no more. And we talked about that in Sunday school class. Do you think that woman ever sinned again? I guarantee you she did. But there's a difference now. And there's a difference for everyone in this room who has trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And that is that our sins are forgiven. All we have to do is take them to him and say, Father, forgive me. In the name of Jesus, your son, for the sins that I've committed. That's what we see going on in the sixth chapter of Acts. There's a message that's there that speaks to us of what it means for us to recognize the life of Christ and those around us and the heart of Christ. And Jesus does talk about this some. He talks about how we're to be servants, his servants. That's a hard thing. Most of us don't want to sign up to be servants. A Greek word diakonos, another word is the Greek word doulos for slave. If I ask you to raise your hands this morning, usually people are real good about putting their hands. How many of us this morning are ready to sign up to be servants and slaves? Most of us say, whoa, no, I don't want to do that. But Jesus calls us to understand that in our relationship with him, he is the master. He is the one that leads us. He is the one that has given his life for us. And in that relationship that we have with him, we belong to him. He says in Matthew 20, 
verse 25, he says this, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. If we're not careful in the church, if we're not careful in our relationships and our families, we can follow that same model, can't we? Karen knows that I am in charge of everything in our house. And I do exactly as she tells me what I'm supposed to do. But the message is pretty clear. What does Jesus say to us? That is the model that the world would have us follow. And I'm not talking about husbands not being the leaders of the house. I'm talking about us getting the misguided, uh, the, the same thing that James and John came up with. Remember what that was? Lord, let one of us sit on the left and one on the right when you come into your kingdom. And then we, before we give those other guys a pass on that, remember what happened to them? That's one of the few places that you see the word indignant, all right? They, they were indignant. They couldn't believe. And I think the problem with them was they thought James and John got the jump on them. And they were going to get something that they weren't going to have the opportunity to have. Jesus doesn't stop with that message. If you have your Bibles open, look at Matthew 20, now verse 26. And he begins with these words. Not, look at them, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life is a ransom for many. This picture, Amber, that we saw this morning, we are buried with Christ in death. Our old life is dead. Don't drag it with you. Don't carry it with you. Remember that old life is gone. And we are raised to walk in newness of life. And so all those things that we did... Christ has been able to forgive because of what he's done. And he's willing to do that in our lives if we give him those lives. But what's the first thing we have to do? We have to yield our hearts to him. Everything we have. We have to do the same thing the Jews did. Remember what's the greatest commandment? The young man came to Jesus and asked him a question. What did he do? Jesus quoted a scripture passage. Jesus quoted scripture all the, all the time. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And here it comes. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. It's no different for us today. God wants us to love him first. When we have that priority in our lives, when we have that relationship in our lives, what it does is it makes all the other relationships that we have with other people, I'm not going to say easier, it makes it clearer that we don't look at them for what we can get out of them. We don't look at them to see how many mistakes they make. We look at them as Jesus looks at us. Jesus, I thought about this in our Sunday school lesson this morning. Jesus taught us how to pray, didn't he? He made it pretty simple. But there's a passage that he says in that prayer that always sticks in my craw. And help us to forgive those who have sinned against us as we forgive them. Whoa, wait a minute. There are a lot of people I don't want to forgive. And you can hear those rocks dropping as each of those men, the accusers of that woman who was caught in adultery, walk away from the oldest to the youngest. 
And the message that Christ calls us to understand is that servanthood requires us recognizing first and foremost who the master is. It's sure not the preacher. It's Jesus alone. And that we yield our lives and our hearts to him. And in that relationship, the world sees and the world knows this personal relationship. So how do we know his call? It's pretty simple. Uh, we see the message in, in, in Jesus calling his disciples. He called, he called uh, first he called Simon and Andrew. What did they do? He said, come, follow me. What did they do? They left their ships, they left their boats, and they followed him. Then he went to James and John. What did he do with James and John? He said, come, follow me. What, what did James and John leave? Remember, Peter left his wife behind. Do you remember that? He goes to James and John, and he says, come, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. What did they leave behind? They left their dad, at least. Maybe their mom, maybe their families, whatever. James and John left. He did the same thing with Levi. There you go. He did the same thing with Levi. Matthew is sitting at the tax collector booth. He's collecting all the money he can. What's he say to, to, to Levi? The same thing he says to the others. It's the same thing he says to us. Come, follow me. Look in your life and see if there's a day that you've ever said, you know what, I'm going to do that. I'm following Jesus. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I'm a follower, and I'm going to be there to serve him the way that he's given his life for me. And there's another thing that's going to be changed in my life. I'm not going to look at people in the same way that I always have. I'm going to be willing to forgive them as God has forgiven me. I'm going to love them the way that Christ has loved them and given himself for them. That is the message that we see lived out uh, in the passage that we will get to this morning. But the message is very simple. It's a very difficult task for us to do. It's the message, it's the, it's the message that we're seeing lived out right now. I'm looking for Mike. I know he's in here someplace. And the rest of the pastor search committee. What are we looking for? We're looking for somebody to fill a job. Is that right? No. Who calls our new pastor to grace? Does the church call him? No, you're right. See, y'all know this answer. I'm preaching to the choir, even though you're back out here now. The message is pretty simple, isn't it? We're seeking that person to answer God's call in their life. That they go, I, that man says, you know what? I know this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is exactly what I'm supposed to do. And you know what we need to be praying for? We need to be praying for each of those team members that are on our pastor search committee that they would be seeking God's will in their lives and their lives as a team, that they are about seeking God's will, listening to him and his desire for their hearts and what they are about. He does the same thing in your life and mine. He seeks for us to follow him. And to do that, we have to yield our lives and no longer walk in the direction that we're going because usually if the cross... And here it is. Thank you very much, Karen and Kim. Here it is. They pointed this out to me a couple of weeks. Then they gave me a cross to be sure I had one in the office. But here it is right here. You know which way I'm usually headed in my life? Way too often. I'm headed this direction. The closer I am to this cross, the closer I am to every one of you in this room today. 
Isn't that the way it's supposed to work? When I have couples that come to see me asking for counseling, marital counseling, that's one of the first things I'll say to them. Where are you in your personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Usually what I'll hear is, well, he's doing this or she's doing that. No, you know what? If we're following Christ, it's about what we're doing, about where we are in our relationship. And what's causing those breakdowns that we see all the time and that we recognize that Christ can change our lives if we yield our hearts to him. And the Holy Spirit fills us. We're going to get to that part too. But the message is pretty simple. We see it lived out in Elijah's life. So how did that message come? Uh, we won't go through the whole story. Nick's got all the scripture. Uh, you already know it. The message is pretty simple. It's in 1 Kings. The message of what happened in that experience uh, in 1 Kings 19, that's where we're going to end up. Uh, Elijah takes care of all the prophets of Baal and Asherah. He does all that, kills them all. And then who comes up to him? <sighs> Who's that? I heard. Jezebel. Jezebel comes up to him. And what does she say? By the end of the day, you're going to end up just like these dead guys out here. So, you know Elijah, as strong as he was, what was the first thing he did? He hightailed it. He hightailed it as far as he goes, and he ends up on Mount Horeb, as far away as he could get. And God finds him there, and I love what he does. We won't even read that passage, but you already know that too. God finds him hiding out in a cave, and he asks him, what are you doing here, Elijah? You've forgotten who you serve. 1 Kings 19, this is the message that we see lived out. 1 Kings 19, 11. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, scattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper, and Elijah heard it and pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. That gentle spirit that Elijah heard is the same spirit that James and John, Andrew and Simon, Matthew and the other disciples, those of you that have known Christ for 50, 60, 70 years, that same Holy Spirit spoke to you and said, come, follow me. There are so many people yelling at us today, telling us what to do, telling us how to dress, telling us how to live, telling us what to drink, telling us the things that the world would have us be about. And I thank God for the fact that the message he seeks to share with you and me right today is in that gentle, quiet spirit. Come follow me. And I'll make you fishers of men. I'll change your life. I'll change your vocation. I'll change your heart. I'm the only one who can do that. Not me. For, I hope you all understand that. That's what Jesus says to us. 
I can change you because of my love for you. And that's my desire, that your life be changed, that you're not the same person. When the disciples, when the apostles went to the church, we see this in the sixth chapter of Acts, uh, there was a problem, and you understand what the problem was. The Hebraic Jews uh, were kind of uh, 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 claiming most of the gifts and what was given out to the widows for their widows, all right? And there are Greek, uh, um, Zeno, all right? The, the people that are, are out of the country, people that are not what they're, they're not Jews. And so these Greek widows aren't getting anything. The apostles recognize something important, and you need to do this with your pastors uh, and <clears throat> with other people that you know. They recognize what their focus was supposed to be. What was their focus supposed to be? It's supposed to be this for all of us. But it's easy for us to get sidetracked, isn't it? That we think it's about doing things. It's about doing and being. There's one job we have that Jesus has given every believer in this room, and that comes from Acts 1, 8. And when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses. We are to give testimony of what Jesus Christ has done in our life. But Amber, it's not about what he has done. It's about what he is doing in our lives and what he will do in our lives. And that our friends and our neighbors all hear that. Those people who are here gathered with us today that you've invited to be a part of this time, John, are about trying to help them understand why you made that decision that you made. And all of a sudden, I think, well, it's because I decided to follow Jesus. We even sing that song, don't we? What is it? It's about Him calling us. That He calls us and we answer Him. Uh, that was the message that David just shared with us. We found that, that relationship from that person who loves us. And so this is what they say about this call. This is what the disciples said in those days when the number, this is in Acts 1, excuse me, 6-1. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said it would not be right to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order that we wait on tables. So if you wonder where that word for deacons comes from, there it is. You're a table waiter, deacons. Brothers, choose seven men among you, from among you, who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility to them over and give our attention and prayer to the ministry of the Word. We are to be, as disciples, servants. Remember, that's the way we started this whole thing. We are to be serving one another. Jesus demonstrated that in John's gospel. When he, at the meal, when all those disciples were gathered, and there hadn't been a little girl there, that's who would have done it, to wash their feet, what did Jesus do? He took off his outer cloak, he wrapped a towel around his waist, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. What did Peter say when he came to him? No, Lord, you're not going to do that. There's no way. How did Jesus respond? We talked about this just a couple of weeks ago. Jesus said it real clearly. Then I won't have anything to do with you. How did Peter figures it out really quick. I, I pray in my life I'd get the same kind of reaction in my life when Jesus tells me no. What did Peter say? Then don't just wash my feet. Give me, give me a bath, all right? Just wash me all over. 
There is a call for us to recognize what it means to be servants. And what Jesus did on that occasion was he demonstrated what servanthood is all about. He says, for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to be a servant to those that he loves. We're called to do the same thing. And that's what he said to those disciples 2,000 years ago. He said, now that I, your Lord and Master, have done this for you, blessed are you if you do what? Hire somebody to come in and be a foot washer. Is that right? That's the way we could do it, isn't it? That you do this for one another. We are called to have the heart of Christ in such a way that the world sees it. And I see that demonstrated in this congregation. And I have seen it for the last six weeks. On a regular basis, as members of this body of Christ are about sharing and giving the hope that they have with Jesus Christ with those around them. Through the food pantry, through, again, visitation, through the clothing closet, through taking time to talk with people about what that relationship is all about. And these that have been chosen were people, first and foremost, people who first and foremost were full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom in their lives. And there's a result that came of that. That's the thing. The result that came is that we see that the church grows. And it grows why? Grace Baptist Church, you want to see this Congress, you want to see this building fill like it was how many, 30 years ago? 30 years ago, wasn't this building full on a regular basis? Didn't you have people up in the balcony? Uh, not the people running the sound equipment. You had a big crowd here. We have one responsibility. That is to show and tell people the message of Jesus Christ. And when they see that lived out in our lives, They'll say, I want some of that. Have a good friend. And that was the way he lived his life. Never for anyone else, always for himself. And he had a friend. I think I've told you this story, but it's good to hear again. He had a friend that worked with him. But there was something different about this friend. He had an attitude of servanthood lived out in his life. And one day, my friend finally went to him and said, I want some of that happy, happy, joy, joy that you've got. I want that in my life. He thought maybe he could buy it. Does that sound scriptural? We've heard that, right? How does that work for you? Can you buy it? Maybe you can get it by osmosis. No, you can't do it. You can't sit next to somebody in a pew and hope that their goodness is going to rub off on you. He found out what it meant was giving his life to Christ the same way that this individual had done. That is what we're to be about. That is what those seven men who were chosen did in their lives. They lived their lives for one reason and one reason alone, and that was that others could see Christ in them. And that they served a risen Savior who was not dead, but alive and in their hearts. That's the message of Acts 6. That's the hope that should be ours, that we are living this life in such a way that the world not only sees, but they also hear about Jesus Christ through us. And there are opportunities for you to be a part of this. There are opportunities for you to share, uh, help in the food pantry, 
help with the food giveaway. It's not just about giving food away on that day. Is it the 20th? Is that right? Help me. That's right. Right, Sarah? The 20th? It's about, don't we have the kids share messages that we share the gospel with the people that show up? I was talking to, to Bill earlier. Guess what? We've got a major, did you know we had a major problem in this church? This is a real problem. We need another bus driver. We need another bus driver. Because we have too many people who want to come to Grace on Sunday morning. Maybe we could hire some people to do that. Is that what the disciples recommended? Remember what they said? Choose from among you seven men who are full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit called out by God for this purpose. It is no different in our lives today. And one of the first things that we need to recognize, young Christians, older Christians, is that our job is to tell others of Jesus. What a job that is. I don't tell the finance committee this, but I do this job for free. I'm probably going to hear about that later on, all right? Oh, is that really? Or just say, look at Jesse, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. We like that. I would. And, and we all do, right? We do it because Christ has called us to do it, because of his love for us. We are called to be servants. Love one another the way Christ has loved you. Demonstrate that to people. Share that message with people. And in doing so, our world will be changed. And the world will be in awe of who, excuse me, whose we are. For we belong to him. Please join with me in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning for uh, the love that you share with us. We thank you, Father, for the forgiveness that you offer us. Thank you for tuning in to another service with Grace Baptist Church. If you would like to contact us, all of our information is available on our website, gbcevansville.org. You can also contact us through all of our various social media accounts. Or you could just give us a call. We'd love to hear from you.